Hey guys, I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra. And you're listening to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. Kendra and I are two moms who live across the street from each other, and we have 10 kids between us. We're just living our Catholic faith and hope that you'll join us. We are part of a ministry called His Beloved of Texas, where we bring women together for prayer, community, and to sit at the feet of Jesus. We hope you'll join us on Facebook and Instagram. Scripture tells us that hope does not disappoint, and we want to bring you stories of how the Lord has worked in women's lives, men's lives, so that you can know that God is moving and working in your life too. We want to bring you hope. I'm Megan, and guess what? It's my birthday. I turned 40 years old today. Crazy, I don't even know. Those words are just kind of mind blowing for me. But here we are, thanks for celebrating with me. And guess what? We have one of my favorite people on the podcast today. His name is James Longoria. He is the worship leader for our His Beloved events. He's also the co-host of the Late to Church podcast with our good friend, Nikki Mancata. And he is a wonderful youth minister in the Diocese of Austin. But more than that, um, James is like a brother to me. And I learned when I became Catholic a long time ago that there's a difference between friendship of the world and Christian friendship. Because in Christian friendship, you can see the heart of who people are and support one another, champion one another. And he and I met 10 years ago, and I was a baby little you know, youth minister. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and he mentored me. And we only see each other maybe twice a year, but I've always felt that God had a calling on his life, and I could see the way he was touching the lives of people around him. And so I always felt this call to champion him, to lift him up, because he's just so humble. Bless his sweetheart. He would never um, champion himself. What I didn't know was that James had been struggling that whole time. And there was um, shame and darkness that was threatening to take over his heart. And I didn't learn about that until just recently. And so on this podcast, James tells us that story. And it's beautiful. Um, If you're one who struggles with the lies of the enemy, of shame, of not feeling like you are living out your calling the way that God wants you to, this is an episode for you. And it's been so beautiful to see how God has brought him through this and strengthened his ministry, strengthened his heart, really given him a purpose. And I can't wait to see where God takes it next because this man is a force to be reckoned with in um, the Catholic Church. And uh, you're, you're going to love this episode with him. All right. I hope you enjoy. All right, guys. Welcome back to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. Hi, Kendra. Hi, Megan. So we have one of my favorite people in the whole world here today. You have heard his name mentioned a lot from us. Yes. Um, drum roll, please. <laughs> we have the James Longoria, James. who leads us in worship and pours into our ministry in so many beautiful ways. Yeah, if you've ever been to a His Beloved event, you have probably felt the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's because of James. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that... I'm going to make you blush the whole time. I'm sorry. I have a big <laughs> honor. Like James has a big part of my heart. I just think he's a, an amazing um, lover of the Lord and leader for all of us. And so I believe that without him, we would not be where we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that he's just been such a gift to this ministry and the way that he's led so humbly and beautifully and been just ready whenever we call on him. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so James, would you like to say hi? I would love to say hi um, <laughs> so I can stop blushing. Uh, uh, 
thank you very much for that introduction and for um, those very uh, humbling words. It's it's um, it's kind of one of those things where I think you you um, I take a step. I'm a little bit at a loss for words. If you can't tell, <laughs> I I kind of have to take a step back and and uh, to see my own life in perspective and to see. Um, my own life is like an instrument for God's grace, right? And, and that's something that I think is really tough uh, to do a lot of the time. Um, and I think that is easier to do when you can, um, when you have the perspective that, that, that friendship gives you, that holy mm-hmm. friendship gives you. So I appreciate you both um, being cheerleaders for me in ministry and yeah. being um, mutual, uh, just, just, just the fact that we can support each other in ministry yeah. is, is so amazing. And uh, it's a real privilege and a real honor to kind of share that space in the church with you. Yeah. Um, and uh, I will say this, I have, I am, and, and maybe we'll talk about this, I'm a person who's pretty stubborn with God, honestly, <laughs> uh, in my everyday life. God is trying to move me, trying to get me to move myself a lot of the time. Mm. And he's sent um, uh, people in my life uh, that uh, really encourage me to move and, and encourage me to see his grace and his love. And, and both of you do that for me and it's been a really wonderful experience uh, working with his beloved and, and working with um, so many so many great people uh, in in that ministry just to just to just to help people feel loved I yeah. think and and um, that's such a an, an encounter God yeah. and it's uh, it's just a really wonderful opportunity and a great great uh, thing to be a part of so yeah. thank you so much for the invitation and for yeah. all of the kind words I really yeah, appreciate it definitely. thank you and James is more than just our worship leader yeah. <laughs> um, he also is a youth director and a fantastic one at that mm-hmm. and thank also you. the co-host of the late to church podcast yes. with Nikki yeah. Mankata yes which if you guys haven't listened to that one you need to go it's good listen it's so much fun and you guys are about to launch your new season soon we are yeah Yeah. so we we just recorded the second episode for our second season um we had lots of grand plans coming into the summer and then us too youth ministry kind (laughs) of took over uh and 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 just life kind of took over for Mm -hmm. both of us so our first two episodes have been like we show up and we're like what do you want to talk about today (laughs) and and it's just kind of happened and it's been it's been really great it's been it's been a lot of fun that's awesome yeah i love that docility though because then it's not just you and Nikki's podcast, it's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit yeah, animated yeah. through James. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And, yeah. and that's, uh, I think that's the goal in, in, yeah. um, in hopefully everything uh, that, we, that we do, but anytime that we can kind of tap into like the Holy Spirit taking over, yeah. um, that we allow that to happen, then yeah. life just seems to work. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I got to meet James and Nikki. It's been 10 years. I know. Did you know that? Like, uh, Tech is having their 10th anniversary, I guess. Is anybody yeah. wow. celebrating that? Crazy, huh? Yeah. So the Tech Retreat, Together Encounter Christ, um, was a retreat that we got to be part of the team that brought it to Texas. Mm-hmm. So Nikki had been part of Tech much longer than we had yes, in yeah. New Orleans. And we got invited to go to on a trip to New Orleans and to receive the retreat and to bring it back. But mm-hmm. we didn't go on the same New Orleans We didn't go on trip. the same one. Yeah, yeah, but we met when we came back. We came and, back. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been friends ever since yes. and gotten to do a lot of uh, youth ministry stuff together and all of that. And Nikki is so much fun. She's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> I love yeah. her accent. Her it's accent like, yes. is, we actually talked about that today. Like her, her there's, she, she makes up her own words sometimes. It's so, it's so, great. It's so great. We went to New Orleans recently mm-hmm. and we were at this restaurant and it was like family owned. 
and all the women looked exactly alike, mm-hmm. and they talked exactly alike, and they it was like Nikki's family. I was like, does, <laughs> does Nikki own a restaurant? That but is I don't so know funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I even recently she posted some pictures of her family, and I looked to see if any of those women uh, were. Because sure. <laughs> they looked like carbon copies of her. I was like, yeah. oh, I feel like I'm with my friends. That's cool. Like she that. would she would absolutely love to hear yeah. that. That would, that would make her really happy. That's hysterical. Yeah. 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 All right. So. We start all podcasts with Kendra's questions, okay. and I never know what they are, <laughs> and I never know if she's going to be like crazy silly or like deeply spiritual or somewhere in between. Her <laughs> eyes. I feel like I feel like whatever it is, she's very excited right now. I'm so excited. That's cool. That's good. So like, it's been a long time since yeah. I got to do these questions, and I'm super nice. excited. Okay. And I have a special place in my heart for youth ministers. Okay. You'll just think differently. Ooh, in in yeah. a good way. Okay. And it's fun. And it's like you roll with it. Yeah. So, okay. Awesome. You're ready. ready. So, first one. And I have to say, you're an, intel- you're an intelligent man and you're also handsome. So, this one's going to be hard. Oh, well, okay. Thank you. <laughs> would, you <Scary>. rather, <laughs> would you rather trade looks for intelligence or intelligence for looks? I would rather trade looks for intelligence. Um, I think uh, intelligence, I mean, you know, there's there's the obvious, like, you know, your, your, your looks fade. Um, and I think... Uh, I think if you're intelligent, I think people will. Um, there's there's just there's just so much more that you can do um, mm. with your intelligence, uh, especially in the kingdom of God, right? Serving God um, and 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 serving others. Um, you know, there's there's not a there's not a lot of saints who, I mean, they might have been good looking, but there's not many saints. <laughs> so like the beginning of their bio is like he was really good looking, right? Like that's right. not, that's not really a thing, like, you know. Like, poor man. That's yeah. right. He has such a forehead. That's true. Let's and talk about if Father Mike Schmitz becomes a saint. Okay. Yes. He's going to be in both categories. He's going to be in both categories. But, but, That's I, true. But, I also, but I also think that, like, someone like Father Mike Schmitz, like, his charisma, his looks, like, yeah. he has said, like, this is, a, this is something I'm going to use for God. For like, I'm going to give this back to yeah. God. So, yeah. So either one, you know, hopefully that. you don't have to trade one for the other. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I love that. Good one. What animal would be the most terrifying if it could speak? <laughs> oh my goodness! What animal would be the most terrifying it, it, if it could speak? Um, I think that depends on why you're terrified. Uh, so uh, I had a I had a, a dog that recently passed away. Um, his name is Bacon, and um, he was the sweetest, grumpiest, like bossiest <laughs> dog. I, I think if he could speak, it would have been really whiny and bratty, um, and that's kind of in its own way, terrifying. Um, you know, I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know that I'd be, um, I don't know that I'd be scared of too many animals, honestly. I was thinking a snake too. But I see, but I like snakes. I think snakes get a bad rap. Yeah. Okay. I like them sometimes. I don't like them though. But I just hear them as being cunning and sneaky. Sneaky. Yeah. Or like a fox or something. Yeah. What would be a sassy one? Um, Sassy. A llama. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Spit at you. So yeah. it's oh, a llama, a llama yeah. or a camel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. That's yeah. hysterical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, would you rather go 30 days without a phone, your phone, or your entire life without dessert? Oh, 30 days without a phone. I, I'd rather go, <laughs> I'd rather go my entire life without my phone. If you want my phone, you can have it. Like it is just, you know, like, uh, Praise God for the technology, right? But right. it's just such an obstacle sometimes yeah. to to just being myself or being in the moment, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We talked today about uh, community. That was kind of a theme on the podcast today, and and 
and literally right after I hit the hit stop, um, I picked up my phone to like mm-hmm. check on work stuff, and Nikki was still talking to me, and I was like, like this is exactly what we just talked yeah, about, like yeah. getting away from you know distractions and being in community with one another. So yeah, you can have yeah. my phone for sure. Did you ever have a flip phone? I did. Why can't we go back to the flip they phone? They are making one. Oh, that is a flip phone with two screens on it. Yeah, yeah it's I'm, a screen. It's it does. And so yeah. you can have two different things on your screen at one time. Yeah. Oh no, that that's too much. For me. I know. Yeah, it's I a little a bit. It's a little bit phone. crazy. Yeah. I just love this. Like a Motorola, the blue one, yeah. the yeah. battery that lasts like and three days, you, right? When yeah. you hang up on people, you like slam it shut. Right. Yeah. 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 You can yeah. do yeah. some attitude yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, how much would someone have to pay you to eat a live spider? Ooh. A live spider. Ooh. Um. Honestly, probably less than you think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um, I'm not really, there's not really any like food that I'm scared of. Um, wow. I'm, I'm pretty adventurous with food. So if someone were to be like, here's a hundred bucks, live spider, I'd, I'd oh. probably do it. Have you ever done any weird youth games with like gross food? With gross food? Um, so we, bucks? we, um, I made them, I, I made a, a group of our leadership teens, uh, at a parish I worked at. Uh, we tried kind of different foods from, from around the world. Oh, that's fun. And I had a bunch of spicy foods and I didn't tell them they were spicy. That was really fun. Because oh, no. it took about two of the, you know, two of the kids kind of going through and trying different things, yeah, uh, before they kind of figured out that like, you know, this food over here from Japan was like really, really spicy. Yeah. And of course, I wasn't eating any of it. I was just kind of <laughs> facilitating. It was, it was really fun. Yeah. The worst one I ever had was with Logan at St. Thomas More, and mm-hmm. I was just a volunteer. I didn't plan this. I could not be held responsible. And it was a wheelbarrow race, mm-hmm. and it was like a, um, where you go back and forth and take turns, what's that called? Like a, a relay? relay. Yeah, a wheelbarrow relay. Mm-hmm. But they had to wheelbarrow down and take bites of food, and they took a bite of Spam, a bite oh. of corn, and then a bite of Skittles. They were throwing up everywhere. Like like, <laughs> like, one, like one bite after the other? Like, yes. Or, and then the and next, and, and walk on their hands at the same time. Oh. And then wow. the next kid would go, and it was, it was the worst. I was like, that this might be an episode for Youth Ministry Fails. Yeah, I'm, this is the I'm, worst Youth Ministry I'm tempted to tell a story, so y'all know Kevin Kepchinski. Yeah, yeah we've right? had him. So, yeah. so I'm tempted to tell a story of <laughs> a mission from two years ago, the mission trip from two years ago. We had a couple of our young adults, and and I feel like I'm robbing this story from Kevin because he was the like the lead on this on this trip. Um, a couple of his young adults that decided for the talent show, uh, they would they would chug a bottle of Tapatio hot sauce. One of them would chug a bottle of Tapatio hot sauce, and then one of them would chug a gallon of milk. Isn't that impossible? It's you can't it's pretty much milk. impossible, yeah, right? Because yeah, it it, mm-hmm. it expands, right? So um, he got through about half of the gallon of milk, and he passed it to the gentleman who had already chugged the bottle of hot sauce Ugh. and he just to be you know cool he was like well i'm gonna ch- i'm gonna finish off my buddy's gallon of milk and he tried and it did not go well oh, no. um, <laughs> threw up in front of everyone and then his throwing up led to the first gentleman's throwing up. So it was, it was oh just gosh. and we were planning on like some praise and worship and it was going to be kind of this yeah. deep like night after the talent show and we were just like y'all go to bed like, and we're, we're, done. we're done like it's just over y'all go to bed so that's hysterical um, yeah it was it was uh it was one of the one of the finer moments of, of yeah the mission trip in, my, in my experience yeah that's so funny. yeah okay last one okay kind of on that note what do you think is the most unpleasant sounding word the most unpleasant sounding word. Wow. Um, hmm. I can't remember. I know I have some, but I can't think of any. I have one. Uh, 
I don't know. And I'm I'm kind of like a like a like a word person. I like words. I like mm-hmm. I like fonts. I like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, unpleasant. So. Hmm. Like and this and this might be one that a lot of people agree with. The word moist is is not pleasant. It's not pleasant. But but it's it's like a useful word. I mean, it's an adjective, right? So it it does kind of have its place. Um, I don't know. That's a really interesting question. I I would probably I would probably have to go with with moist. I'll stop saying it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, what song draws you into the heart of Jesus the most? Wow. Um, Like to lead in worship. Yeah. So. So, the um, I have this this version of, of um, the poem written by Tom, uh, Thomas Aquinas, Tantum Ergo, mm-hmm. um, that I'll I'll play, and I find myself playing it on my own a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in Latin or in English? Um, in in Latin, uh-huh. and and I just like I like I think about you know the, the 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 translation of the words in Latin. It's something that we traditionally sing in front of the Blessed Sacrament, mm-hmm. um, but really you know when we think about uh, what the sacrament calls us into, and, and that that connection with Christ that the, that the Blessed Sacrament, um, you know, makes possible for us. Right, mm-hmm. uh, you can sing it anytime, and and you can, I think, be drawn into um, this really unique spirituality of of just just Christ's love for us. Right mm-hmm. there, there, there is a there is a um, uh, a connection there that. Is so mysterious and so big and so powerful uh, that when we when we fall to our knees when we when we really are adoring Christ in in whatever form right mm-hmm. however we're finding him um, it's 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 powerful and that's kind of what that song has represented um, especially as I've as I've gotten older as I've played more retreats as I've gotten maybe a little bit away from like you know wanting everything wanting all the the production yeah. you know, that that can sometimes come with with worship right. Yeah. Um, I, when I just kind of strip everything away, and that song reminds me that it's about this connection with with Christ, yeah. this mm-hmm. connection with God, and and to to be present to it, to to really be present to it. So um, that that song draws me in. Um, there's, uh, I mean, you know, I, I will admit, like so many other Catholics, pretty much anything written by Matt Marr, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. really usually really happy with, right? Yeah. Um, uh, there's a song called There's a song called Flesh and Bone by Matt yes. Marr. That one always makes me think of you. Yeah. Oh, well, thank yeah, you. It does. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. It, it. it makes me think of tech. We've yeah, played it a I lot on tech. Why. So yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So we talked about on a couple podcasts ago that moment in adoration mm-hmm. during um, our event in May. You know, we were going to have it in the church, and then we said, no, we're going to move to the chapel. Mm-hmm. And Father Will said, yeah, we're going to move to the chapel, and James is going to be acoustic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay, we're going to yeah. do this. Yeah. And then you were just talking about, like, stripping away. Mm-hmm. And that was the most pure form I've, I have maybe ever experienced mm-hmm. of, like, strip down. We're just worshiping Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah. no lights. There's no sound. There's yeah. no – there wasn't even a mic. Mm-hmm. It was just a guitar and our Lord. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think maybe now I will always want that moment again, Mm -hmm. you know, I will always want to be in that place. And I'm sure that the Lord will show up for us in new ways Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. because that's what he does, right? He'll just dazzle us in a totally different way, but that will always be one of those moments for me of just like really feeling his presence Mm -hmm. and hearing the voices. Remember how loud it was in there? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was incredible. And, and I, I remember, um, you know, maybe two or three songs in, 
I could I, I I realized that I had like I had a, a little music stand there with my iPad on it right for mm-hmm. for you know lyrics and music and and I realized that I had taken steps back from my um, my music stand kind of the way that I would step back from a microphone to let the the, the congregation like sing right mm-hmm. to let them kind of lead but I realized it was because of this volume of sound mm-hmm. like there was I mean we were pretty packed in there. Um, but people were singing from this really deep place in mm-hmm. their in their yeah. heart in their gut whatever like surrender um, yeah there was it was just surrendering and and you know there were a lot of people in there that just had fantastic voices and sounded great a lot of people that that didn't mm-hmm. but everyone was kind of letting go in mm-hmm. that moment and yeah. mm-hmm. you know there's there's a lot to be said for okay does the you know does some of the production value again of of our of our worship you know the the ways that we worship um does it kind of get in the way at some point? Does it yeah. does it distract us from from the purpose? And um, one of my uh, some of my favorite um, worship leaders, Shane and Shane, they're mm-hmm. they're just fantastic. They have been for a long time. And um, I remember uh, a tour in the '90s. I remember hearing about this when I was in high school, where they never came out on stage. They they had a they had a cross that was was lit wow. up, or they had like some kind of focus, um, almost like altar kind of mm-hmm. set up, right? Uh, and then all of the all of the, the instrumentation, the singing, everything was kind of done off stage, um, <laughs> so that people were just focused on wow. on, on making that connection. Yeah. Um, I th- I remember thinking like I was trying to play in in bands and stuff like that, and I remember thinking that that was crazy. Like why you know like what are you doing? <laughs> like it, I you know it wasn't lost on me that it should be about mm-hmm. God, but I remember kind of thinking, man, that's like that's like a little too far, right? Like that's a little bit nuts. And now mm-hmm. it's like, I you know I just. I want everybody to not to not see anything but God when they, yeah. when they go into worship. Yeah. And and he absolutely believes that. Remember when we were talking about this last time, you said if James could back so far away that no one could see him during worship, he'd probably be happy with that. Yeah. You said that oh, on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. 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 There's just so much. Um, the Lord works so magnificently in the simple mm-hmm. and in the stillness and the quiet and silence i mean look at saint joseph mm-hmm. he doesn't have a quote in scripture you Not know a single word no single yeah. word yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah he was such a holy man and uh, and that's just palpable whenever you lead worship and whenever Thank we're just you. given those opportunities to really dive in and allow the lord to guide us not necessarily just our senses mm-hmm. you know what we see in in here it's just like he just draws our hearts mm-hmm. so um We asked James to come today and share part of his story. And I have known James for 10 years. And so I knew things, I was part of his, we had, we were friends Mm -hmm. during this time, Mm -hmm. but you lived in a different city. I did, yes. And I didn't fully know what was going on. Mm Until I heard your podcast. Okay. Have I told you my reaction to your podcast? <laughs> I think so. I think I, think I texted so. you. Yeah. And I was in the line at school mm-hmm. to pick up the kids, mm-hmm. hysterically crying. Oh. And screaming at the, at the radio going, James, James, oh. I need oh. to talk to you right now. Um, but it, it's a beautiful story. Oh. It's a beautiful story of surrender, of mm-hmm. um, just your heart for the Lord. Even when things are really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So, would you mind sharing some of sure, that? Sure, sure. So, um, I guess uh, uh, my my experience um, with God is 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 all over the place. It's just like it's just like anyone else. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're creatures of again 
um, stubbornness. I mean, Adam had one job, right? Eve had one job, <laughs> right? And they and they 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 chose to to say no, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of where our um, our hearts fall sometimes is that that we um, you know in the, again in that simplicity uh, we we manage to complicate things mm -hmm. and and I had uh, I did that in my life right and and I did that in ways that were um, really painful to me really um, really separated me from God um, I, I I grew up in uh, in a Catholic family uh, but I grew up in um, I'm an only child and I grew up in a family with parents that were um, uh, were really, really kind of worried about. Um, well, they just they, they made a lot of decisions out of fear, and they mm -hmm. and they taught me to make decisions out of fear too. And they weren't trying to. I mean, my parents are wonderful. I have great relationships with both of them. Um, but it was uh, something where I, I I never really felt confident um, in any relationships to to ask for help, right? And and being an only child kind of you know made that that much worse, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, after high school, my, my parents divorced my senior year of high school. Um, looking back now, I can kind of see a, um, a pattern, and maybe it's the youth ministry in me kind of recognizing mm -hmm. like a pattern of this destructive and, and very um, uh, dissociative almost behavior, like I was just trying to get away from my life in, in a lot of ways. And um, I, I, my group of friends changed, my activities changed, my, you know, everything kind of, um, everything kind of fell apart except for my participation in my youth group. That mm -hmm. was really kind of the only thing. And, and looking back now, that was the only place where I really felt like I could be myself. I went there and, mm -hmm. I, and I felt like people loved me kind of for me. Um, that's a plug for youth groups. Make, yeah. make, yeah. your, make, make your kids go. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it, it kind of manifested uh, or, or, or kind of came to a head in um, – in my college years, I, I just, um, I, just, I really just kind of fell apart um, emotionally, uh, academically, everything. And, and I really felt like I couldn't ask for help. I couldn't um, turn to anyone. And so I basically started lying to tell people, you know, to, to make other people happy, right? I just kind of told people what they needed to hear and um, eventually moved to, uh, moved from my hometown uh, right outside of Houston to College Station uh, in order to, um, uh, I felt like at the time, kind of get away. You know, mm -hmm. I was just trying to escape. Um, but I had, I had created this, this narrative around me that, um, that I was in college and that I was doing all of these wonderful things, and, and I wasn't. I failed miserably, miserably uh, in a community college and um, hadn't really uh, given my parents the opportunity to, to help me. Uh, mm -hmm. Didn't really trust anyone, certainly didn't trust God. Mm -hmm. um, didn't uh, want to admit that what was going on with me was um, painful. Didn't, didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't even want to admit that it hurt, right? Because admitting that it hurt was in some, you know, in some way like a, a failure, like that, that would have been admitting failure. And, um, you know, what I've thought about, you know, since then is, is all during that time, um, God was really taking care of me. There was a, there was a, you know, I, I, I was the Israelite in the desert saying no, complaining about the food and mm -hmm. like, you know, just telling, you know, telling Moses that he was full of it, right? That mm -hmm. just, just absolutely wanting to turn my back. Um, and God was giving me manna. He really was. He was, he was giving me, um, mm -hmm. um, 
a, a, a kind of grace and a kind of sustenance that I think I, you know, I certainly didn't deserve. Uh, but I think at the time there was really no way for me to even recognize it. And he was still faithful in that, yeah. you know. Um, and so I, I started uh, volunteering. I, I, that good feeling of youth group was still there for me. I started volunteering at a parish in College Station. And um, quickly, I guess within about two years, became the director of youth ministry there, just, you know, um, kind of crazily. And, and God kind of laid at my feet uh, a career in youth ministry. And mm-hmm. um, that's not to say he wasn't working on this other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he sort of laid it at my feet. And I felt like for the first time I could really kind of express um, myself. I felt very fulfilled in that. Um, again, the expectation was there that, God was, God was drawing me back to him, and, and that coming back to him was going to be tough. And so um, a few years went by. I eventually uh, moved from being the director uh, at a big parish uh, into um, a job, a, a, a graphic design job. I'd, I'd learned some graphic design uh, both in youth ministry work and, and in some other jobs that I'd had and felt really good about it. and, and um, uh, so I took this job. I felt like an adult, really, and, and that was great. And then um, slowly but surely, uh, some of this stuff started to it started to come to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Um, issues with, you know, with girlfriends and friends and parents and just, you know, things just weren't, weren't right. And, and had a, um, uh, a friend, you know, kind of tell me, you know, James, I... I think you're depressed or James are you depressed and mm-hmm. you know of course not I'm not depressed that's you know that's weird that's like you know and and looking back now I was really really struggling with depression and anxiety and and even um you know even what one uh therapist eventually diagnosed as borderline personality disorder now I I don't uh I don't think I have that I don't think I ever did but I had a lot of the the traits of it especially mm-hmm. in the way that I would react to certain things right and um, you know, without, again, without really having that support system, feeling mm-hmm. like I could talk to anyone, um, it became, I mean, I, I was really trapped. And so um, I was in a, um, a relationship uh, kind of shortly after that time and um, was even like engaged to be married. And, and you know, um, I felt like I was kind of moving forward in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, really wasn't was really kind of stalled and and um, things were really kind of falling apart now that I look back on it mm-hmm. and uh, and I attempted suicide after mm-hmm. a fight with this with this person and um, you know the um, the the toughest part even kind of looking back on that the toughest part uh, but also one of the sweetest parts of that of those memories is realizing in those moments um, the number of people I had in my corner, mm-hmm. the number of people that God had put in my life, um, kind of in my immediate, you know, surroundings, uh, in my immediate environment, to not only um, help me to to identify some problems, uh, but really to help me like work on myself, and not work on myself because they felt my my initial fear um, after all that happened was everybody's going to pity me. Mm-hmm. And what I got was everybody loves me and they want to to love me into healing, right? They want yeah. to love me into being um, into being healthy. 
And so um, it was very much, you know, the, the, the Samaritan woman at the well, right? There's this moment where um, she recognizes that Jesus knows everything about her, right? And, that, and there's kind of this surrender, right, in her dialogue with Christ. Okay, obviously you're a prophet. You know everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had to get to that place of, of recognizing that, um, you know, God was, was there and God was more in control even in the, even in the moment where I was attempting to commit suicide, God was mm-hmm. in control, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and my um, sort of feeble attempt to, to fix everything, quote unquote, fix everything, mm-hmm. um, you know, God was, God was there to love me through that, right? Uh, and, and at that point, you know, I was, I was telling God no big time. Um, so immediately my job became to take care of my mental health and um, one of the real, really incredible graces was I was, I was sort of forced, I don't want to say forced, but um, all of the, the writing was on the wall, right? God kind of laid it out before me and said, James, you have to engage in prayer. Mm-hmm. You have to engage in your, in your personal prayer life. I'd always mm-hmm. been pretty good at helping others engage yeah. in prayer, mm-hmm. but I'd never really spent the time or the effort to go very deep in my own prayer life because it was painful it was it was hard I knew there was stuff to work on and mm-hmm. I didn't want to yeah and um so I started going to this um this outpatient uh treatment facility I went five days a week uh for eight hours a day wow. uh, it was my job right to um to to get better and I, the the turning point for me was I was um I was there uh kind of in the in the morning before um like our group therapy started, it was kind of, you just kind of hung out and they had like snacks and breakfast and stuff. And, um, you just kind of hung out and maybe mingled with the other people that were there. And, and so up to this point, my mingling had been like sitting in a corner by myself and, and really just kind of trying to focus on the day. I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, trying to be antisocial or anything, but I, I, I felt like if I just kind of burned through this process, I could get out of there and I could go back to my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the things that had come out of therapy was that I, I had a lot of issues with my mom. And uh, at, at this point in therapy, um, my mom and I weren't speaking. I, I had told her that, you know, it was better, you know, I needed to deal with some things about my life, my, my life with my parents. And, and I told her that we, um, we, we shouldn't speak for, for a while. And it was hard for her. Uh, it was hard for me. Um, and uh, so I'd kind of shared that in therapy. I hadn't gone super deep yet, you know. Um, but that this morning, this one morning, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of sitting there and I'm drinking my, you know, apple juice or whatever it was. And, and um, this gentleman comes up to me and uh, his, his name is Carl. And he was there working on his own stuff. And, and but he, he had kind of, shown himself to be a little bit of a leader among all of us that were that were there. And um, he had this book called uh, Scripture Promises for You or Bible Promises for You, something mm-hmm. like that. And he would, you know, walk around and like read something to someone. And, <laughs> and so he sits down next to me and I'm immediately kind of thinking like, I, you know, I don't want this, right? Like, like it's early in the morning. Yeah. I just, I just don't just come on, man. Like, I don't yeah. want to do this. And, yeah. and really kind of having that conversation with God, like knowing that there's something on the horizon and kind of, I'd been in youth ministry and I, I, I could 
I'd felt God before and, and known God before, and I knew that he was like here and he was here for me, right? Pursuing you. Pursuing me, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so Carl sits down next to me and um, he says, uh, Mr. James, Mr. James. And I said, hey, Carl, how's it going? And, and you know, my tone must have been, oh, I don't want to do this, right? <laughs> um, but he persisted and he just said, you know, James, um, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to uh, figure out, you know, any of your problems. You don't, you're not going to, um, this, your relationship with your mom is not going to get better uh, until she figures out that she has to be humbled before the Lord. Wow. And I remember just like hair on my neck standing up and just getting goosebumps and just being like, like fight or flight mode. Like that was my response. And before I could even respond to, you know, deflect or to run away or whatever, um, he said, but what you don't realize is that you're going to have to be humbled before the Lord, too. And it was the first time that someone had ever really uh, looked at my situation and really kind of said, take up your mat and walk. Mm -hmm. Like, like you can Mm -hmm. you can do this. It was a really. I remember in that moment thinking, like, this person who's pretty much a relative stranger, um, but this person who I can em- em- empathize with and he can empathize with me, for some reason believes in me. He believes that I can do this. If he mm-hmm. if he didn't uh, believe that, mm-hmm. he wouldn't he wouldn't have said these things, right? He he wouldn't have have reached out to me in this way. And I couldn't deny that it was God reaching out. And so I I, I remember making that connection in my head. And I don't really remember the rest of that day. Like I, I made that connection in my head and it just stuck with me that God believes in me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that was such a profound uh, thing to say to myself, such a profound thing to, to um, you know, God is not just here like, like trying to fix me because it's something that he has to do. It's because it's something that he wants to do. And it's also it's something that he, um, he believes I can participate in, right? Yeah. So he's calling me in this, this really beautiful, um, into this really beautiful relationship where I, I pick up the pieces, and you know it's you know God is is sort of you know the, those analogies that you hear God is like, you know planting this garden in your heart or he's he's making this wonderful meal and you're giving him the ingredients, right? God was calling me to give him all all of the ingredients, mm. and and really kind of um, this. This way, that, you know, this love that I'd never really felt before. I, I had all my sacraments. I had, um, you know, you and I were already friends, Megan. Like yeah. we'd, we'd already met and I'd already been through tech. And, and lots I'd, of ministry. There'd been lots of ministry and <laughs> yeah. lots of stuff and, and just lots of really great opportunities for encountering God in my life. Um, but for some reason, on that day at that moment, the message got through to me that God loves me radically and he's not going anywhere. And it was really the first time I think that I let that sink in. Mm. And, you know, that, um, I, have a, I have a good friend of mine named Anthony Whistler, um, who, you know, yeah. Kendra, that um, he, he, he likes to say, you know, every moment in your life up until now, God is using it to prepare you for this moment. Mm. And he's using this moment to prepare you for every moment in the future. Right. And that's kind of kind of his perspective on providence. And I, and I realized um, that that, you know, God had 
brought me through all these twists and turns. He, he carried me through so much in my life, through so much um, self-destruction and through so much just stuff. And all of that stuff now was becoming, you know, Romans 8, 8, 8, 8.28, that, that everything works, everything was working for my good mm-hmm. in that yeah. moment. And that God's, God's mercy was prevailing mm-hmm. in my life in this really incredible way. Um, Did and, you ever stop in that moment and think that God had been preparing you for quite some time? Like you had been called way back then, that that love had been pursuing you for years and years and years? Or was it just kind of an aha moment at this moment? So it took me seven years to get really, really deep into that lie. Mm-hmm. Seven years. And wow. it took me seven years to get out. Wow. Um, As in the lie was you never really were that I just that I just wasn't really that I just called. wasn't good enough and, and kind of responding to that show. all the yeah. time. Yeah. And it took me because seven seven years to get out. So, friend, I saw you before all of this, well, and that was thank not you. true. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. You're very I, gifted and very called. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, it's it's still something that I really wrestle with. And and to answer your question, it took me some time. You know, um, the the scales had to fall off my eyes a little yeah. bit. It, it took me some time to to come out of that encounter with God and to mm-hmm. even be able to wrap my brain around it. That that the stuff of my life. Um, especially when compared to the love of God, like, doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter in the slightest. There's no, um, there's no way that God is going to slow down, let alone stop, when it comes to, to that pursuit of, of any of his children. Like, he, he just doesn't. And, and the, the, the stuff of our lives, the stuff of, our, of my life, is, it's dust. It's nothing. Um, it's only when I choose to stumble over the dust, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that I that I give, um, you know, I give the the evil ones some room in my life. I give myself room to doubt. Yeah. Um, and and that's you know that still happens. Like my you know it it's some there I have my struggles. There's things that I really really struggle with all the time, including my mental health. Like like depression is something that doesn't just go away. Right. right? Yeah. Um, but the the overwhelming force in my life since then. The thing that I keep coming back to and the thing that hasn't failed me, even when times have been really tough, is that God loves me mm-hmm. and that God loves me uh, in a way that's unique to me. And he loves me not only in spite of the sin or the frustrations or whatever it might be, um, but he loves me through those things and he uses those things to, to bring me back to him. Um, one of the things that we've been, that we talked about on the mission trip, something that struck me only recently, right, in in uh, conversations with my spiritual director is that the point of the gospel is mercy. Mm-hmm. That, that as much as we want, you know, we focus on the miracles of Jesus. We focus on Jesus as this mm-hmm. omnipresent, omnipotent force, right? Mm-hmm. We focus on God and kind of his grandeur, right? Um, the purpose of all of that is mercy. And in fact, the very first action of God after we've fallen in the Garden of Eden um, kicking us out of the garden so that we won't um, eat of the tree of life, right? Well, if we eat of the tree of life, that means we're left in this perpetual state of sin. We can't die, right? We can't die to our sin. Mm -hmm. So God kicks us out of the garden and puts a, you know, a a cherubim with a a flaming sword, like keeping us from heaven Mm -hmm. so that he can set it up to bring us back to heaven, right? And 
so everything that from that very first action of of God, you know, making garments for Adam and Eve and, and kicking them out of the garden, everything is about mercy. Everything is about saying, you know, I know, I know there's this great chasm between us, there's this this sin and all this stuff between us, mm-hmm. but my mercy is bigger than that. Yeah. Right. And and that's I mean, I I look back on the last, you know, 10 years of my life and that's what I've had to lean on. I, I don't know that I necessarily knew to call it mercy all the time. Yeah. Um, but that's been that's been the driving force in my life to kind of keep me motivated in my relationship with God, to keep me focused on yeah. um, on him. And what a gift. Yeah. To, yeah. Like we were just talking about earlier how a lot of teens can walk in the door knowing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of the church, you know, catechism memorized and all these things. Right. But do they know? Mm-hmm. And you have the experience of not just knowing about mercy, but experiencing mercy. Like you know, there's there's what nothing. It feels like. There's nothing. Uh, there is. I don't deserve God's mercy yeah. in the slightest, and that None used of us to do. <laughs> that used to be kind of a shameful feeling for me. Um, mm. One of the one of the symptoms of mental illness that I really struggled with was I. I viewed everything through the lens of shame. I didn't think I was good enough, mm, right? So yeah. even if someone gave me like gave me a compliment or someone um, mm-hmm. said, hey, I want to buy you lunch, like I felt ashamed in those moments, which I think yeah. a lot of us struggle with. Um, the, the, the mercy of God, uh, the, the empathy of a, a community, those are the antidotes for me to that shame, right? Yeah. That, that I have to, have to kind of get over myself enough to recognize that this is not God giving me this because he has to it's because he wants to mm-hmm. right and and those are different those are different things like god is compelled yeah. by his love for me to save me okay so he's making a choice to save me he's making a choice to to um to, to give me something and deserving whether or not i'm deserving really doesn't factor into the equation for him at all he doesn't he doesn't care he doesn't care if i deserve it or not like yeah. it's mine because i'm i'm his child and and that um, that sense of real security, that sense of real, uh, you know, just this idea that God has things taken care of. Uh, it took me a long time to unpack that, and a long time to apply that to my life. There are still days and moments where I'm like, you know, I'm that scared kid, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it is something that I I've found that's very foundational in my life that I can come back to, and I can mm-hmm. kind of say, okay, then. The rock doesn't move, right? The firm foundation yeah, of this relationship yeah. with God doesn't doesn't move. Yeah, and the other thing that kind of makes me think of with your story is um, how shame can kind of keep us in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're in the dark, those lies can just spiral, mm-hmm. like you said. Like, yeah. I think it was so surprising for me to hear you tell your story the first time because you talked about this feeling of inadequacy, of not being given this gift to sing and not being given this gift to lead. And that was the complete opposite of the way that I saw you. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I would see you very often. We may see each other twice a year or something, mm-hmm. but I think, and this is going to sound really weird, and that's okay, just go with me for a second. <laughs> I feel like the Lord's putting it on my heart to tell you that I have always seen you the way he sees you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you. and you've always said, you know, Megan, you cheerlead. You're my cheerleader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't do that with anybody else. Mm-hmm. But for some reason with you, and maybe that was something that God was putting on my heart long before I even knew that there was a problem. But like for you to know that the way we see you is mm-hmm. the way he sees you. Like he sees you as someone who has given, he has given an anointing mm-hmm. and that he trusts you mm-hmm. with 
not just this voice and you know ability to lead teams, but like with the hearts of the people that you're leading. Mm-hmm. And you were doing this beautiful work all along, but living in the shame and darkness that you weren't. Like what a yeah. twist that the evil one can mm-hmm. put. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, isn't that just like yeah. the most evil thing ever? In my mind, anyway. Well, it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing to hear, and and thank you, and thank you for saying yes to that invitation, just to, just to to, to see someone that way, right? Just to mm-hmm. see to see me that way. That's very um, it's very humbling, and it's gonna take me a minute to like <laughs> make that make sense in my brain. But um, I I do think that you know sometimes our our our, our biggest obstacle uh, in in our relationship with God is not necessarily uh, you know the action of the sin. It's not necessarily the, um, you know, following this rule or that rule. Uh, the the rules are really there to to put us in a place where we can establish that friendship with God, yeah. where we can kind of have yeah. that that ability yeah. to to meet Him. Um, it's allowing ourselves. I mean, the first thing that Adam and Eve do is they hide, right? And right. God knows where they are. He doesn't even have to ask, right? Yeah. He knows where they are. <laughs> Why do you um, think he can hide? Yeah, <laughs> you know, but but we do because. Hiding, you know, hiding feels like um, control. It, it, it feels that, like that it feels like too, it yeah. feels like control. But I think it also, um, it it I I think it also kind of gives us this sense of purpose mm. uh, that that sin sort of sort of takes away, right? Because when we're when we're so disconnected from God because of sin or because of shame or whatever it might be. Um, we, we really do lose sight of the fact that we're put on earth to know, love, and serve God. I mean, how many people in the world mm-hmm. right now are really just kind of looking for meaning, right? And, yeah. and they, they're looking for purpose, um, and they're hiding behind their computer screens. They're hiding behind, you know, their politics or, or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And, and, and I think any time that we're, we're hiding, it's, we're really kind of like, you know, we're, we're looking for a way out. We don't realize that, but we're really kind of looking for a way out, a way to... Um, you know, to feel you know this the satisfaction of having a purpose and and for me it was that way too I was you know um, I was there, there's part of me where yeah I was praising and worshiping and I was leading people but I was also trying to like trying to kind of fight my way out of this feeling of shame mm-hmm. right and, and and trying to get back to uh, to God um, you know and and trying to feel good about myself, right? Yeah. Like that's what I was was really, really doing sometimes. And, you know, God says, okay, like I want you to feel good about yourself, but let's feel good because you're in the right place. You're in the place mm-hmm. where you're supposed to be. Yeah. You're in this, you know, this state of being that's that's happy and complete and peaceful and, and you have all these gifts that I want to give you. Mm-hmm. Um, another big thing that, that helped in that was, was gratitude, just being yeah. grateful, being yeah. grateful for, you know, looking back and it's like, even in that time when things were, you know, certain parts of my life were so dark, like there was some incredible experiences mm-hmm. that God brought me to and just in, incredible people that I, that I met and got to, to work with and worship with. And, and you know, um, out, of, out of all of that, like I, I never, I wouldn't have the life that I have now. I wouldn't have the job or, or the family or, mm-hmm. you know, anything that mm-hmm. I have now without really really falling pretty hard right and then like falling on the way down to falling right like just over and over again yeah um so god is good yeah Yeah. what did it look like for you and your mother 
to be reconciled. So um, shortly after I got out of therapy, uh, that relationship that I had been in, which was really, really stressed, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of dissolved. Like we mm-hmm. went our separate ways. And I remember thinking um, that I just, I, my, my dad had been really instrumental in help, kind of helping me get through therapy and different things. And I remember um, thinking that I needed to call my mom and that mm-hmm. I just wanted my mom, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted that relationship. And and I called her and of course we both cried on the phone. We hadn't spoken in, you know, six or seven months, something crazy like that. And um, she just, you know, she told me that she loved me. She sounded very different. And, and surprisingly, um, and this is not to take any credit away from her, but surprisingly, while I was in therapy, she kind of came to the realization that she needed some therapy too. Wow. And her husband was very encouraging in that. And um, and so she did. She went and, and got some help, found someone to talk to, mm-hmm. and worked through a lot of her own stuff. And we both kind of realized that a lot of our stuff, you know, even though we loved each other very much, a lot of our stuff was really just kind of rooted in communication. It was really mm-hmm. difficult for us to to just talk about life. And mm-hmm. um, she had that same feeling, I think, in a lot of relationships within her family, and, and, and I did too. And once we kind of learned the tools and the process for, you know, setting boundaries, being assertive, all that stuff that they teach mm-hmm. you, um, it became a lot easier for us to just be friends. It became a lot easier for us to, you know, to communicate when things are are good, bad, otherwise. And yeah. now my mom has become like this very wise, sage person in my life. Like she she has a, a perspective. We have, you know, um, we have uh, mental health uh, issues kind of in common, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can go to her and she's a, she's very much an advocate for me and I can be an advocate for her. Um, I think she, she would probably like it if I called her more. So, uh, so mom, if you're listening, I will, I will call you more, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, it's actually been a, a there's been a lot of fruit. Yeah. From, from yeah. That. yeah. And you also have a wonderful girlfriend. I do. Christine. I How do. How long have y'all been together? Uh, I'm trying have, to figure this out. We've been together for six years. Holy moly. Wow. Yeah. I said four earlier and I felt like that was long. Six years. And, and Christine deserves a lot of credit for helping me to keep, um, a lot of these lessons yeah. in perspective and to mm-hmm. keep me moving forward. Um, I am someone who really, uh, out of fear, again, I have a tendency to rest on my laurels and to kind of say, okay, well, that's, that's done. Like, I'm done yeah, with that. Yeah. I'm done with that praise and worship thing that we did. I don't have to book anything else. And she's <laughs> like, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Like, what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, keep going. Um, she's yeah, very awesome. much the kind of person that tells me, you know, it's like every day that you can do it. Yeah. You know, you can do it. You can, you can make it. And, or if something's going on, she's like, you know, well, we're going to pray about it and it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> and, um, so having those kinds of, of people in your life and especially having, um, I think someone that has, um, like you said, has, I've, I've known Christine since before that, yeah. that process as Wait, well. She and was from tech also. She's from tech yeah. also. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, um, we tell people that That's we, met. that we met at church. Awesome. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, having her to kind of, again, like be someone who's, who's on my team and be mm-hmm. someone who is very, um, very supportive and hopefully I can reciprocate reciprocate that as well mm-hmm. um, it's just it's so it's so powerful as you yeah. as you both yeah. know right it's just so yeah. powerful when you have someone telling you yeah. no that obstacle isn't nearly as big as you think it is come on you yeah. know let's let's keep going so yeah. so it's 
awesome. Well, thank you so much. Of um, course. For being so vulnerable. I know it's yeah. hard for you to <laughs> to talk about yourself, and yeah. uh, we're thankful that you did. I, I think there's a couple of things that people can maybe pull from the story, and I feel like these are kind of recurring themes for us in our lives, but just like that, the moment of gratitude that you talked mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something I go back to regularly. When things start to feel really hard again, even like gratitude from the last day or two, like write down yeah. anything, anything, any moment, any moment where you see God, any good thing that happened, like, yeah. hey, I got to have ice cream yesterday, Woo-hoo. Yeah. like whatever, right. whatever it is, like that, and then just the lies that we hear, and how you said seven years, it took you seven years to believe the lie, and did you say seven years to, to, get, to get out, get so out it's been it. 14 yeah. years, yeah. and and one thing I've seen in my own life is when you can say that lie out loud to someone else mm-hmm. and let them speak truth over it, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. it loses its power. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like not definitely. allowing things to fester for that sure. long. Yeah. And and I see it a lot with my kids, but it was also for my own story too. The longer I believe that lie and didn't say it out loud, mm-hmm. the more footing it holds. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. So like if you're in that place, like start with those two things. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. just surrender, just pray, yeah. that surrender novena, and just pray mm-hmm. and give it to mm-hmm. God. Saint, Saint Ignatius says that the, the Saint Ignatius Loyola says mm-hmm. that the, the one thing you should do every day, like even if you can't, uh, you can't get to any of your other prayers, is to, is to be grateful for three things. Find mm-hmm. three things to be grateful for, that that is yeah. the, that for, you know, for him that was the most, or one of the most foundational things about his relationship with God, because to be grateful you have to acknowledge whoever's giving it, oh, giving wow. you that yeah. blessing, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so you can't be grateful without acknowledging God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, what you're saying about, about shame uh, and, 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 and the, you know, the, the lies that, that come with so much of our brokenness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, finding someone to, you know, confide in, finding someone yeah. to, to talk to, and, and, and especially finding someone that will tell you the truth, yeah. right? Um, you know, sometimes I needed to hear, like James, this is your responsibility to like pick up these pieces and move forward. James, you you really kind of messed up on this mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, sometimes Christine's advice to me is like, I expect better from you. Like mm-hmm. sometimes that's the thing, right? And yeah. um, finding someone like that that is willing to hold you accountable. Uh, what's interesting about accountability is the shame goes away. Like really, really quickly, the shame is like like you you know you voice those things and mm-hmm. someone kind of gives you some feedback and 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 you know like all of a sudden it's like oh I I don't have to be ashamed about that anymore I can kind of I can fix it and yeah, I can move yeah. on There's and an I, you know, yeah I can kind of let God into that space and He'll yeah. take over. Well, and um, you also have someone in your life that in having that conversation with them they prove to you that they're going to stick with you through it. Exactly. So shame can't destroy that. Like exactly. Meg and I were talking about yesterday, mm-hmm. um, just how hard it is to have hard conversations with people. Um, mm-hmm. But once you lay the foundation of like, I'm stuck to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the middle of a really hard conversation, Kendra looked at me and said, we're going to be together in the nursing home. Yeah. This isn't going to change anything <laughs> for us. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then it made that conversation so yeah. much easier. Because yeah. it was like, doesn't matter what I say right now, she's not going to walk away from me. Yeah. Yeah. We can be honest yeah. and, and real. Yeah. There's there's something just uh, extremely extremely rich and beautiful and mysterious about Mm-hmm. Um, about the church in in, the, in in just in the ability to to find your to find your people right mm-hmm. so many of us are you know, um, you know we live in a world where everybody's looking around for like the next thing right and wants satisfaction from wherever they can get it yeah and 
you know, what's really incredible about the church is the church says like, like, come and and be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not a message that a lot of people hear right. about the church a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but it is really kind of the prevailing message of of God and of this mm-hmm. institution that we've that we've created, uh, or, that, or that we've been uh, we've been asked to be a part of by yeah. God is that is that you can you can find your home here, right? You yeah. can find your people here, and um, so I just encourage anybody listening yeah. to to find their home, find their people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you you know if you can't find your people, like keep looking because they're out there. Keep keep mm-hmm. working on it. Have faith. Pray to God to send you people to to love on you and people yeah. for you to love. Um, it's a really, it's a really important part of uh, really important part of our faith. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's yeah. great. Um, well, what we always end with, we're gonna channel our Mary Bielski. Um, <laughs> okay. Thanks for sharing your story. Sure. Yeah. And I know God has been moving all of your life. He's also been moving today mm-hmm. and yesterday. So, mm-hmm. in the here and now, what is God doing in your heart? Um, so, uh, a few months ago, my spiritual director, uh, recommended that I write a book. Wow. Um, I've, I've sat down and tried a few times and writing a book is hard. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, so I'm kind of working on that, like as a, as a project. Um, I'm also, um, really, I've really been called to focus on my, my personal prayer relationship with God. That's uh-huh. something that, um, I think, um, I've always felt like in my life, like there was a right way to do it, mm-hmm. right? And even when I was telling teens, hey, there's no right way to pray, right? Like, right. just have a conversation with God. Um, but that uh, that idea that there's, you know, kind of this perfect way, um, mm-hmm. surrendering to that and kind of letting God take over uh, yeah. in that conversation with him. And then um, I, I've just, I've really just kind of, like, like lately really just kind of fallen in love with this idea that, um, well, yes, Jesus, Jesus is pursuing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus is, is, you know, um, moving towards us and, 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 and running, you know, mm-hmm. he's running the race alongside us and the footprints in the sand, he's carrying us and all that <laughs> stuff. I, I've also lately gotten this image of Jesus just sitting and waiting, mm. right? And it's not because he's, waiting on me to figure my life out right and like catch up to him he's he's sitting and waiting because that that stillness that we're made for that stillness that that he wants to give us um it kind of it kind of is like the essence of his presence like he mm-hmm. um he is still and in the and in the in the sense that he's not conflicted in the sense mm-hmm. that he's 100 percent in the moment all the time in the sense that he's absolutely intentional about where he is and what he does and how he moves, um, and to be, um, to to kind of I don't want to say to achieve that stillness, but to to be still before yeah. the Lord means recognizing him. It means recognizing him in these um, sometimes uh, difficult ways in the difficult stuff of our life, uh, in the good stuff in our life. Mm-hmm. But I think Jesus is that still sort of um, static. Uh, presence I don't have a better word for it but but he's he's there all the time and he's not there um doing a bunch of stuff (laughs) right like he's he's just yeah he's 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 just there to kind of be with you and and it might sound silly but I I've I've learned that from learned that from dogs right like (laughs) like my 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 one dog passed away um my other dog knew I was sad knew Christine was sad 
and would just come in the room and sit with us. You know, like just that. Yeah. And it's like, man, that's that's such a such a perfect analogy for how God approaches mm-hmm. us and, and, yeah. and how God, you know, wants to be with us, that he just wants to be there. Mm-hmm. And so to allow him to be there is, uh, is, is that's just kind of what I've been, what I've been thinking about lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. What about you, Megan? What's God been doing in your heart? So I had a really cool experience the other day. I went to um, the 99 experience at St. Albert the Great. The 99 experience, I didn't know what it was when I showed up, <laughs> but I was going with a former teen in my youth ministry, and now she's an adult, and it's it's a video-based program, and it's like Father Mike Schmitz and Leah Darrow, and it's really good. Like, I highly recommend, if anybody sees it pop up at their parish, go, but it's meant to kind of like jumpstart the faith and send you out, and so on this night, it was about confession, and they had um, confession going on, they had adoration, and they had prayer teams, and St. Albert the Great has this like healing prayer group. Um, that does the healing masses, and they came to one of our His Beloved events, and I'd never actually been to one of their, um, I'd never been prayed for, and so I'm waiting in line, and, and thinking, okay, well, I'm really just here for my friend, like, I'm not really here for me, but all right, whatever, <laughs> I'm here with you now, Jesus, so I'm sitting there, and I'm praying, and then we kind of move forward like you do with confession, and I get to the end of the line, and they send me into one of these rooms, and it ends up being this woman who really has like pursued me since I joined the parish in a very loving way. Like mm-hmm. God keeps putting on her heart to pray for me and she'll send me these text messages like I barely know her. And she'll say, you know, God put on my heart to pray for you today. It's like a taste of your own medicine. Right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's what I can hear. Yeah. I don't do it to anybody else, which is funny. So, so I, I go in and I sit in this in these chairs and I don't really know what to expect. And it's mm-hmm. her and her husband. And it's a good thing I was sitting because I think I might have like actually rested in the spirit if I had been standing up. Like yeah. I was in that kind of prayer. Yeah. And I didn't really know what to expect. And she started this prayer. And while the place that I was sitting, I could see her Yeti cup. Mm-hmm. And it had a sticker on it. And the sticker was this beautiful drawing of Jesus holding a woman and hugging hmm. her. And the look on her face was just like relief and joy. And it was mm-hmm. the most beautiful thing. And I couldn't stop looking at it. And she starts praying over me. And then she kind of says, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And then she's just silent. And I don't know if they always do this or if this was like just that day. <laughs> That's what she felt called to do. And I don't know how long it was silent. I think it was maybe 10 minutes. I really wow. don't know. And so the whole time I'm just praying. And it was one of those prayers where you can almost like see your own breath. Like mm-hmm. it becomes like tangible. Mm-hmm. And I would breathe in and I would breathe out. And every time I breathed in, I felt like my body was like lifting up mm-hmm. higher out of the chair. And she said... Megan, what are you, um, like, what's God doing in your heart? Are you feeling something? And, and I just had this overwhelming sense. And, and I just told her, like, um, you know, there's a lot of illness in my family. There's a lot of me having to take care of other people. And sometimes I just feel like I'm constantly having to, to care for people. Mm-hmm. And, and so while I'm praying, I just see that image in my mind of Jesus holding this woman. And I felt him look at me and say, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Wow. Like, I know your heart. Wow. I know what you've been through. I know it better than anyone ever could. And you are held and you can rest and you can let me love you. Mm-hmm. And I will just, I will always hold you. Like mm-hmm. just like that picture of that girl. And then I said that, you know, to, to Jill and, um, and she said, I have this vision of you like a little girl on your hands and knees, like kind of laying over with your hands cupped together. And you're just offering Jesus all of those burdens, like sure. what you hold. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I go back into adoration and I'm like, you know, all of a sudden tears are like shooting out of my face. Mm-hmm. And she even said, 
you know, when tears shoot out of your face like that, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like, they were like, like, like projectile. Yeah. And so I get all these tissues and I take them back and, and I go back into adoration and there's no kneelers. So I'm just crouched down on the ground, like with my whole body down mm-hmm. and I'm holding these tissues in my hand. And because I'm trying to like not let anybody else see that I have all these tissues in my hand, that are gross. And I realize that the way I'm holding them is just like what she said. And oh, I'm wow. sitting in that perfect position yeah. of like surrender. And then the funny thing is, I got up to walk away, left all my tissues all over the ground, and have to go back and pick them up. <laughs> I was like, that's gross. So you're that person. I'm that person. And there were some friends behind me that were kind of snickering. And so. So I had this moment that day of just like feeling this amazing surrender. And then the next morning I read um, something on Facebook and it was about how moms are, it was this beautiful message about how it's a prophecy that, that God is calling moms to restoration. And restoration has been my word all year long and that he's calling us to be renewed and to, and he said, and in the, in the words it said, I know what you're going through. I know what you feel. And it was almost like verbatim what he had said to me. Oh. And he said, in, the, in the, the writing, it said, Jesus is going to say this to moms. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he said it to me last That's time. cool. Yeah. That's cool. And, uh, and then later on, I um, didn't know where that sticker came from. I had never seen it before. And she said, why don't you take a picture of it? And I said, okay. So I take a picture of it. And um, I just recently started following someone on Instagram, and it popped up. It's one of her prints. Oh, it's wow. called Just Love Prints. Uh-huh. Wow. And so now I'm like, well, I need to put that on my wall. Like, she she has real, really? you know, like 8 by 10s and stuff cool. like that. So, anyways, just wow. this feeling of, like, yeah. being known and seen and held, yeah. mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. How about you? Whew, that was good. Uh, <laughs> so, God's been doing a lot of my heart recently. So, two weeks ago, I went on a silent retreat to begin my consecration to my guardian angel oh, wow. through Opus Angelorum. And um, it just set me off on a really incredible journey that I was not expecting whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, One of these days, we're going to do a podcast and she's going to tell us all about this. I, yes, that would be great. Once I'm, I'm still processing everything. Yeah, I keep sure. telling yeah. you. Like, it's a, wow. Yeah. Um, but simultaneously, Megan, um, as I was leaving, she brought me this book called Undone by Carrie Schutz and um, and it's just walks you walks women through their journey as um, a sister as bride as daughter and through different people's stories and then she takes you into your own by mm-hmm. asking you questions on like diving into um, it's part of the JP your identity yeah yeah okay. and so okay. um, prior to the week prior to the um, retreat as the enemy always does he was just on the prowl with mm-hmm. our family, with my marriage. Um, and Chris and I got in a big argument. And as I was reflecting on it over the weekend, I realized that the way I responded and what caused the argument and like all the things were so deeply rooted in wounds that I didn't even know I had mm-hmm. that this book was slowly revealing to me, uh, or the Lord was through this book. Um, and it's been incredible. Like, I have the worst memory of my childhood of I don't know why I could just can never remember anything oh, you just and don't remember I just don't They're remember not bad memories yeah okay. no I'm sorry <laughs> no um I just don't remember anything but yeah. all of a sudden I'm just randomly sitting and I get all these memories back mm-hmm. and it's been wow. really cool and um the Lord is just completely guiding this journey for me but to add that to the Opus Angelorum retreat one thing that they talked about was um praying the we, we say it in Mass, holy, 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 the Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus. Mm-hmm. So 
before they would start any talk or mass or you know prayer time whatever we would begin with that prayer Mm -hmm. and um and it's their tradition within their order that when you say that prayer it sanctifies that moment and for all of eternity that space for all of eternity Mm -hmm. um and it's really cool for me because like you know god is beyond timeline and so putting these things together i'm sitting there going through this book is saying okay see yourself as in in this moment of you know being a sister and in the lies that are being told to you and ask jesus into it so i invite jesus into those moments and we're standing there and and I just feel this Holy Spirit just say, pray Sanctus in that moment with Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, and so I've been doing that through through these experiences and memories and asking, you know, the Lord to sanctify that as we pray the Sanctus over that memory and for all of eternity, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's just been this really neat journey that's still going to be ongoing for a while. I just know it. But um, just this Beautiful. release has been happening and things are making sense. And then I'm seeing... Um, where he, he's leading me to the truth. Sure. Like out yeah. of the bondage and into the yeah. truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, it's beautiful. I highly really recommend amazing. that book, Undone by yes. Shoots. And also, The Undone Retreat will be mm-hmm. in Austin at St. Albert the Great. I oh, think wow. it's October 21st, 21st through 23rd. It's a Thursday, nice. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Please come, you guys. Like, nice. I, if we got that much out of the book, yeah. I can't imagine what the retreat's going to be like. Yeah. And they bring in, like, Carrie Shoots will be there. Like, yeah. They bring nice. in the real people, and it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. There, there we, um, so there, and I could, I'm happy to make a plug for the many, many ministries going on in the Diocese of Austin, if that's mm-hmm. where you're listening from. Yeah, most people um, are, I think. There's just, <laughs> there's just so much stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, you know, the, the church is the church, right? So sometimes you have to look for it, but... Um, but it's there, and, yeah. and there, there's so many opportunities to uh, to encounter God, especially to encounter God in community with other people, mm-hmm. no matter where you're at. Um, please take those opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Find it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, this is beautiful. I could sit and talk yeah. to y'all for hours. I agree. <laughs> Thank you all so much. I, I, I do, um, before we, we wrap up, I, I do want to just um, affirm your, your work and affirm the podcast and really um, affirm the difference that you're making in the lives of of women, and I think that that translates um, radically to mm. to the lives of men, the lives of families. Mm. Um, I I'm absolutely 100% on board with any ministry that y'all want to do together, <laughs> ever. And it's on <laughs> it's on it's on record for all of it. Right? So thank you. Um, so I, I just I, I really appreciate, and so many people do uh, everything that you do, and and the way that you commit yourselves wholly to. Mm. Uh, the Lord. It's also a really cool thing to see you share your friendship. It's, it's really deep and intimate friendship that you have um, with uh, with all of us. So, so thank you so much for having me, and, and thank you for the, the really wonderful work that you do. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, James. Now you're making us a blessing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Peace.